Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Before all of that, though, we were told last week that we shouldn't go to A&E departments unless it's absolutely necessary. And now today we're hearing that GPs are under so much pressure that people actually can't get appointments now with their local doctors. So what's going wrong at the moment and is there anything we can do to try and change it in the short term? Dr. Jermuth Quinlan is the medical director of the Irish College of GPs. He's a GP in Glanmire in Cork. Jermuth, what's the story there in Cork at the moment? I mean, how long or how bad is the backlog? Hi, Andrea. Um, it, uh, as people know, it's a really busy time of year. You know, we have uh, all the seasonal illnesses like influenza, respiratory syncytial virus and group A strep. And then behind all of that, then we've had the COVID pandemic for the last two and a half years. And that has that has put a huge amount of work into general practice, dealing with people with acute COVID and then long COVID. Um, then we also have, you know, our population has exceeded 5 million for the first time since the famine. So that has increased the number of people seeking health care. And thankfully, it's great that our, we now have a population like we've one of the older lived populations in Europe. So our people are living older, which is great. But older people do need substantially more health care. And then finally, in 2015, the government increased the GMA, the medical card eligibility mm. for children under the age of six. And that increased the consultation rate of this group of children by 30%. And the proposal is to expand medical cards to all children aged six to nine. And while we are supportive of that in principle, we know from our data that that will increase the number of GP consultations by about 640,000 or the equivalent of 120 whole-time GPs. So, you know, there are many pressures uh, acting on general practice to increase the number of people requiring GP care. Mm. And the GPs and GP nurses together did 29 million consultations last year in normal hours and well in excess of a million GP out-of-hours consultations. Um, you asked about Cork and Kerry, like I, I work in South Dock, uh, uh, there are GP out-of-hours, and South Dock saw close to a quarter of a million consultations out-of-hours uh, in 2022. So a huge number of people seen. I suppose it has been really busy, and I know for people in Cork and Kerry over the Christmas period, but overall over the whole year, uh, 90% of people who contacted South Dock, they were uh, completely sorted within six hours. So, very, you know, people are getting dealt with very effectively. And only one out of nine are referred on to hospital. So eight out of nine people who contact the South Dock are managed exclusively in the community. Okay, and never but that's the, th- that's the out-of-hours service though, Jeremy, isn't it? The, the, yeah, the South Dock the or Now Dock or that. Yeah, so if I call up, you know, yourself at Glanmire Surgery now, this Tuesday afternoon at two o'clock today, how long will I wait to get seen? It's it's really busy at the moment. So we try and triage people. So if people are acutely seriously ill, we will try and fit people in. But there is a limit to the number of patients we can safely see in mm. a day. Uh, where, say, five years ago, we would have definitely managed to fit people in. Most GP practices across Cork and Kerry are no longer accepting new patients. Many practices find all their available appointments are gone by lunchtime. And that pushes people then into the GP out of hours or, or the emergency department. Well, the, uh, my, my, my kind of feeling on it is just from, from talking to people, you know, off air that are in the in the profession, they'll tell you that the kind of the now docs and the south docs and all of this, they've just become an extension of the practice. I mean, people can't get appointments. They just can't, as you said yourself, a lot of doctors aren't taking on new, new clients. They can't get appointments. Uh, certainly for patients, it's, it's an important facet of healthcare that people can access a GP out of hours. And as I say, across Cork and Kerry, we saw almost a quarter of a million people in the out of hours last year. Um, 
And that's against the backdrop of 29 million consultations done by the GPs and GP nurses. So the role of GP nurses is very important in delivering healthcare. If you think of all the cervical smears, all the childhood vaccines, all the COVID vaccines, influenza vaccines. So the nurses play a really important part working with the GPs across uh, you know, across general practice across Ireland and uh, to deliver healthcare to patients. But then the shortage of GPs really is biting hard, particularly in rural Ireland. Like mm. if you think of towns like Skibbereen, which had 10 GPs at the start of 2022, with retirements by the end of 2022, there were seven GPs there. Carasidine at one stage had six GPs, they now have two. Ackle Island struggles to retain general practice and the HSE spends substantial amounts of money to provide locum GP services to Ackle. Like, there is a major uh, shortage, shortage of yeah. our GP okay. workforce. Stay with us, Jeremy. Um, quite a number of people getting in touch with this. Just people struggling to get appointments. Uh, give us a call today if you're in that position. 1800 453 106. John is on the line in Offaly. John, are you trying to get an appointment for the doctor with the doctor at the minute, is it? Um, at the moment, uh, as we speak today, um, I have made six phone calls over the last 24 hours to my local GP service and the phone keeps getting off at, uh, keeps getting cut off at 13 minutes, 47 seconds every time exactly. So you're on hold for 13 minutes? 13 minutes, 47 seconds every time. And that is a matter of fact because I still have it on my mobile phone. And the other thing is, actually, I know they say they're very busy and overworked and all that, but that seems to be just a standard answer because in the not-too-distant past, I was so peeved, I actually rang on my mobile from outside the service walked into the reception area to find four receptionists having a chat, nobody answering the phone. So saying everybody's overworked is kind of a standard one-size-fits-all answer. And at this stage, I've kind of difficulty accepting it. So you can't can't get an appointment at the minute? You've been trying, what did you say, 24 hours? 24 hours, six phone calls over the last 24 hours. And even even because Jeremy was talking there about the, I know South Dock isn't your catchment, but is there a now dock service in your area even that you could try and get into this evening or something? There is, uh, but I don't think, uh, to be honest with you, um, it's an appointment down the road that I need. I don't think it's a case for now dock. Um, and to be honest, like now dock carry, cover a huge area and pro- mm. provide an amazing service. Uh, but getting back to that, actually... In the not too distant past, last year, my wife, who had undergone, or sorry, was about to undergo a fairly, fairly, incredibly serious um, giant replacement. And it was during COVID, and she'd got a cold, so we needed, you know, because she has underlying health, health issues, mm. we needed an appointment. We couldn't get one. We asked for a phone consultation. We were told we need to make an appointment for one of those. And the advice we were given was to wait until after. Five o'clock and present at A and E are waited after six and go to out of hours dock. So basically what they're telling me is that out of hours dock can provide me with a better service than our GP centre. Like there's there's something radically wrong there. There's something radically wrong if they're advising you to go to A and E A and E's. I don't know, have you been to any A and E departments lately? Not recently, no. Plus it's they're severely overcrowded. Mm, I know, I know. Uh, like, Jeremy, I know John isn't in your catchment, but, you know, what, what advice would you have for John there now today? Because of a couple of other texts in from people in 
fairly similar positions to John. So, so general practice is really busy. Like, and equally, if you walk into my surgery, you'll probably find the waiting room is largely empty because a lot of what we do now, either it's telephone consultations or if people are acutely unwell, we get them to wait outside in their cars and bring them in so we don't have people who are sick in the waiting room. So I would say appearances can often be deceptive. And if you look at the, the number, I, I, if I look at the number of consultations, the number of, like South Dock saw more patients in 2022 than they did in the last comparable year of 2019. And in my practice and in most practices, like we are actively trying to recruit GPs and there's a huge shortage of them. And the Irish College of GPs have put together a paper. So we published a paper in, in October of 2022. We presented it to the Oireachtas where we give innovative solutions to the GP workforce crisis, which says we need to increase the number of GPs by 50%. So, you know, we need to go from about 4,000 GPs nationally to 6,000. We need to double the number of practice nurses so that, you know, we have a workforce so that people like John and his wife, when they ring the practice, that actually we go back to where we were five years ago, where most people could get an appointment on the day they required. Mm. But 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 like for for John there now today, that's you know as he says on hold for thirteen minutes, forty odd seconds each time before he gets cut off, trying for twenty four hours to get an apartment like or an appointment, I should say. It nearly like I mean you can understand then why John and other people in John's position would nearly just go to the A and E department. I can certainly understand why in that situation people might go to the A&E department, but equally we have the GP out of hours, which is, is more directed towards acute illness. John, I think, was saying that his, his, the issues he was trying to deal with are more longer-term issues with, with his with, that he needs a deployment with his GP. And I, I do appreciate that it is, it is very frustrating when you're on the phone for 13 minutes repeatedly and getting cut off. Um, and I, I thought I would encourage him to persevere or maybe drop him an email and request an appointment, you know, that the uh, time okay, suits okay. him. You're, you're, you're still on hold there, John, are you, on the mobile on a separate line? Indeed, yep. Yeah, yeah, still waiting. Still okay, okay. Uh, Dr. Martin Daly is uh, is on the line as well. Martin, you're a GP in Galway. Like, how under pressure is your surgery there today? Uh, we're under pressure in that uh, it has been a very busy three years. People forget that we've been through a COVID crisis uh, we were in a situation, I practiced with my wife here in uh, Dr. Mary Mankin in uh, a rural practice. And uh, it is a fact, a matter of fact, that we didn't take holidays for three years uh, because we were, the inability to get locums uh, and the inability to recruit an assistant or a new GP to our practice. Now, happily, that looks like it's changing. So I just want to make the point that, you know, this is about capacity. And, you know, this problem has been identified 20 years ago in the primary care strategy, it was identified in Slauncher Care, and what's happened is a lot of lip service has been paid towards the health services. And one of the big misperceptions that's been created by politicians and civil servants is that uh, health budgets are black holes, uh, that you know, it'll swallow up any money it will be given, and that it doesn't provide a service. And we know that that's not the truth. And as uh, Dr. Quinlan pointed out, the population has grown by over a million people. People's mm-hmm. expectations of their public services and their health services have grown as well because we're more educated in a wealthier society. And yet we're dealing with uh, an infrastructure that is essentially the same infrastructure that we had in the 1980s. We haven't built a new adult hospital in the last 25 years. Uh, we're in the process of building a pediatric hospital mm-hmm. that has taken huge amounts of resources and uh, is taking an inordinate time to deliver. So we have, we have an issue. And 
you know, I understand where John is coming from. I have patients complaining here that they cannot get through on the phone. Well, you see, that's, that's the, the, that's said the day that, But we, can I just explain? We have two people at our reception and the phones go continuously. I know. They're ringing continuously right through the day. And our extended working day, I start at half seven in the morning, finish at half seven in the evening and leave work behind us. So it is a capacity issue. It's a recruitment retention issue. There's issues around the culture within the services, the health services, how we've treated our junior doctors. It creates an impression for them of a service that doesn't work, isn't friendly to them. And it's not just Mm. medical professionals. It's also nursing professionals, allied health professionals. They just leave the country. Yeah. So, so this la- this lack of planning, Martin, that you say, you know, that you've pointed out, and Jeremy did uh, made the point well too. Like we, we've known about this. I mean, it's not the population increases and all that goes with it, and people moving to different areas. I mean, all of this could have been foreseen. But you know, to, to use that terrible, for we are where we are, um, and we've people like John and, and, as you say, your own patients waiting to get appointments. I've loads of texts now coming in from people in similar positions. But like, what yeah. can people do? today and this week when there is this backlog? Well, the biggest fear we have in practice, which we had in COVID, is that, you know, people are obsessed at this moment in time with uh, flu and might be so, uh, respiratory illnesses, uh, COVID. But the big issue is the deflection of, of people who have other illnesses, such as diabetes, heart disease, cancer, who need to be seen by their GP, get an early diagnosis, be directed in the right way to get appropriate treatment and that's the real fear in this situation and it's not like this is a crisis in isolation this system is creaking 12 months of the year 24 hours of the day and all this crisis has done is cracked it wide open crystallized the Mm, problem okay and what will happen is unfortunately you know you hear uh, announcements from the department there's only 500 people on a trolley on trolleys now not a thousand people as if that's some sort of victory a huge success i know as well this early discharging from hospital, you know, our, our colleagues in hospitals are under enormous pressure to discharge patients yeah. by managers yeah. into the community. And what we're seeing with elderly people is it's a, it's a merry-go-round. They end up back in hospitals because being discharged too early. Their treatment and their management has been incomplete. Okay. And it's not down to our colleagues in the hospital doing anything dangerous. They're trying to manage risk. Yeah. So they get someone okay. reasonably well, they get them out of the hospital, they get the next day the person. Okay. So, I see, I know I take your point on on that, Martin. I see a text from Maria here too. She says, um, I live in the Longford Leitrim area. I know of at least five GP practices in the locality that close for a half day and a Wednesday. If GP's opened an hour earlier and closed an hour later, it would help enormously. Uh, no half days. I imagine that's probably an Admin, um, an admin thing or something, is it, Martin? I know that's not your catchment, but I pretty like presume. Well, no, it, it, there's a misunderstanding that if you see a patient in isolation and that's a 10 to 15 minute consult, that 10 to 15 minute consult generates work, it generates administration, mm. it generates. Should be bloods to be done uh, or anything. Referral, it generates review of blood results, lab reports, and much of that happens out of hours. It happens in the evenings when doctors should be at home with their families. Uh, and also, you know, this. Uh, idea that uh, the that GPs may not work long. The average working week for GPs is about sixty hours yeah, a week. I know. Any of the colleagues I know. So people, you can only squeeze so much from us from, from, from people. You cannot 
actually okay. uh, sustain that level of pressure. And that's why people are retiring. Yeah, and I know, and leaving and, and heading abroad and all that goes with that too. Uh, this texter says, I rang my GP in late November, was told I'd be waiting over a week to see any doctor in the local practice. Uh, Siobhan is a GP in Kildare. Siobhan, how uh, stretched is your surgery today? Yes, our surgery is also very stretched. It's the very same as Martin there in Galway. You know, we struggle every day to try and fit people in. We try to keep a doctor for on-the-day appointments, I suppose. We try and do that. But I think he makes a very valid point about there's only two receptionists on. You know, that the administrative load that is on GPs at the moment is huge. You know, and it's spreading. The, the more patients we have, the more administration sort of occurs. Mm. And as Martin says, each consultation that we have, for every 15 minutes, I would say that we spend with a patient, we spend probably 15 minutes on administration. That's the doctor administration. But that excludes the, you know, the people answering the phones. The phones are a particular issue. You know, and if you look at how the PCRS has worked, a, a list for a doctor, for example, of people on a medical card who have a medical card, there's 1,200, there's 2,400 per doctor. But for each, for each list, the first 1,200 patients, we get a receptionist subsidy and a nurse. But what about the second 1,200? There's no extra administrative okay. support or nursing colleague support. And if we had all the ancillary support, you know, maybe the doctors would be able to spend less time on things that maybe they didn't need their medical degree to, to do. You know, the phones could be answered. If we, if we could employ, say, four or five receptionists, the phones would be better, quicker answered. Okay. You've only got two receptionists. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. Right. So, so the, the point, Siobhan, just that a lot of the texters are getting in touch about here is trying to even get an appointment with a GP. Yeah. Like a lot of people are having, you know, access issues, um, not necessarily because they've moved location, but they actually just can't even get a GP. Is, is that a problem where you are? Like, are you full? Um, well, we just, I mean, it, here is another point. We've, we've literally just started another list, which we applied for because we've got a new doctor, which was quite difficult to find. And she started with us and she applied for her list in July. And it came through that we could actually take on new patients at the end of October. So just the, and she, the, this young lady had been working in another county. So she'd had, she'd had a list before. And it took her, you know, four or five months just to get the list. What do you mean the list? Is this a sort of a a registration thing or something? Yes, the way that it works is that um, each GP who's signed up to provide care under the GMS, you know, under the medical card system, we sign a contract which gives us a number and then the the, the HEC can assign patients to us to provide care for them. And obviously the list is a a finite amount. So I I would have a list of a finite amount and then if if we manage to recruit another doctor who was eligible for a list, then then the HEC can give us more patients or we can take on new patients. But if your list is full, it is full. It's an it's, issue. It's, it's, okay. It's an issue. Well, and it takes a while to get that list. Yeah, that, and, that, that, that's what a lot of the people are, are getting in touch with us um, about today on actually. Do you know what? We, we will have another caller here, I think, on the line too. Have we? No, we're, we're going to stay with this because there's quite a few of you getting in touch. This texter as well raises the issue. I got asked to pay, to prepay. 40 euro before a doctor would ring me back last Saturday. I had a sick child, no issue to pay, but I was actually shocked by the demand, says this listener. 
Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk. You were talking about the pressures that GPs are currently under in surgeries across the country and patients struggling today to get appointments. We heard from John there who's still on hold um, for the past 20, well he's trying to get an appointment for the past 24 hours. There's more of you getting in touch with us. Jason is on the line in Kerry. Uh, Jason, what's your situation at the minute? Um, Well, I think what's going on in in primary care centres and GP centres is is been going on for 20 years. In fact, it's just gotten worse. I'm a chronic patient, um, have been for 20 years. I've been on the radio before talking about this. Um, uh, most recently, I saw a cardiologist and he put me on a different medication because I couldn't get a therapeutic result from warfarin. So I'm on a blood thinner normally, uh, which I need to get a blood result from. And it's only good to me if I get that blood result within 24 hours. Now, three weeks after I get both blood tests is when I'm getting my results back. So my recent visit with my, cardi- visit with my cardiologist said, well, we can't have that because it's not working. So it's, it's absolutely not effective. You're actually putting your life at risk. So we need to change your medication. So I'm actually being put on different medication, which is more costly. It's going to cost me an extra 60 euros a month. I have no idea what <laughs> if I'm going to be, uh, what the side effects are. Well, I do, but you know, how they're going to interact with other medication, yes. And it's a risk. And that's directly because when I go into my GP, they're so busy. They're totally, mm. I mean, that they can't get the results back in time. So when my blood, res- blood test goes out of the GP office, it's supposed to come back to me in 24 hours, and there's a nurse supposed to ring me. Three weeks is taken for that nurse to ring me. Now, that, that, that result is no longer any good to me. So the, 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 the actual service that I'm paying for is not fit for purpose. So I'm taking up space inside a GP surgery, a laboratory test, Etc. Etc. To get a result, which by the time it gets me, it's of no it's no of use no to use. anybody, because it's three weeks too late. Now, in that three weeks, my blood could might have gone too thin or too thick. I could have had a brain hemorrhage and not been talking to you now, or I could have had a stroke and trying to talk to you now. Now, I've had a stroke in the past. I've also had a cardiac arrest. I'm a chronic patient for 20 years. I've watched the health service in this mm-hmm. country diminish over the years. Yeah, I know. It's As your previous callers have said, it's it's about retention. You know, you go into the doctor. I mean, I tried to get an ear infection dealt with at the weekend from South Dock in Killarney. An ear infection. Now, I have a perforated eardrum. Okay, I've been on antibiotics for a week. The only, the only thing I could get from South Dock at the weekend was two paracetamol. Two paracetamol. That was the advice I was given in the South Dock. Now, I have a perforated eardrum. I called my doctor, my GP, on, on the Monday and he said, oh, well, you need to be put on antibiotics and if it's still not right by the end of the week, it could be at all. But I know I've perforated here from mm. the compelers and the pain that I was in. But yet the South Dock was, was completely ineffective and because they're over, they just, they just can't deal with the amount of people coming in. You mount on top of that all the Ukrainians that have come in and the refugees in the country and it's, it's, it's it's just so bucked. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely. Right? I mean, we've t- talked to three different GPs in different parts of the country here today in the programme between Galway and Kildare and Cork, and every one of them talking about, um, you know, just capacity and, and issues trying to get around the number of patients they need to speak to and retention of staff and trying to attract people into rural areas. And, you know, you'd swear it was an issue that just arose today. I mean, how, how this could, like, 
These are the same issues we talk about every year at this time on the show. And as I'm talking to you here now in the studio, I'm looking at Sky News is on in the background and they're, they're right now on the screen, it's NHS pressures. And it's the same uh, issues there as well that they seem to be trying to deal with. I have an email from Linda. I have currently got an eye infection, tried chemists in three different counties for over-the-counter eye drops all out of stock. They told me in the chemist that I need to make an appointment with the GP so that I can get a prescription for eye drops. This kind of problem, that's going to impact the GP surgeries even more so for something that you should be able to treat yourself, says Linda. Another person asking about why the GPs are reluctant to use pharmacists. Well, it's not the the GP's decision to allow pharmacists to prescribe. That's the the current rules of the country at the moment. John, you're still with us on the line in, in Offaly. I know we spoke to you a few moments ago, but you, 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 yeah. you, what did, point did you want to make? Well, I'll tell you, look, I freely accept that doctors have to prioritise their patients and their appointments, and I freely accept that. That's common sense. You try and get in people with crying illnesses before you get into the likes of me, all right? But not your last doctor who spoke with the previous one before that um, said primary care centres. In reality, we had four doctors' GP services in this town is now under a primary care system. They're all under the one roof. And you ask anybody, since that happened, and it's called primary care, the service has gone down. And when I say down, I mean really down. Okay. Just the in terms doctor, of trying to get the appointment, yeah. Yeah, the old doctor, okay. You have an appointment with him for two o'clock. He mightn't see you till four o'clock. You're waiting two hours in the waiting room, but at least you got seen to. Mm. He was a GP with two doctors with him. Okay. Okay. And the, the level of accountability that I see in primary care centres, there is no accountability because they have a captive audience. And I will give you one classic example of it. My wife, who had a giant replacement in the Hambridge in Dublin, Lucan, came home with a letter from her consultant give to her GP because uh, the wound or whatever needed dressing after okay, I think it was okay. two weeks alright he took her to call came into the waiting room called I stayed with her because she was unsteady on her feet I accompanied her down the corridor at that stage she was going into the consultant room with the GP on her own she walked in to the previous patient in, who was elderly and in okay. a state of undress. So All right, now, yeah. can you imagine? No, no, just let me finish. Yeah, can I you just, imagine I how t- I know, but I know, no, and I, I accept that, 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 uh, that, that, that point. It's, um, I just, I'll tell you, I have another caller too, John, that I want to try and bring in, if you don't mind, on the call. Have we got, uh, have we got Linda on the line? No. Um, 53106 is the text number if you want to, to get in touch with us. Do let us know though, John, if you, if you do get that appointment today, will you? You can drop us an email, lunchtime live. At, uh, at newstalk.com um, We are going to come back to this a little bit later because there's quite a number of you getting in touch with us on the programme today As I said, you can drop us an email, text us either 53106 More people talking about, it's actually not even been able to get an appointment today It's trying to get an appointment or signed up with somebody in general seems to be the, the issue for a lot of the listeners Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan Brought to you by Avant Money Weekdays at midday on News Talk.